The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are those of the host slash guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any of BXR entities and those they represent. again for another week of the You Better Live radio show. Thank y'all for joining me. Come through, come through. You're coming through to talk to me and I'm so excited to talk to you. So I will be joined later on in the show by the wonderful Nate Kauser and talking and helping me discuss some of our topics tonight, especially the power of education. Going to discuss with me some of the challenges and everything else like that. I was looking forward to having a guest, um, Baba Imhotep, um, about the Rakes, Fir Rakes First Valley rally, excuse me, but I'll be sharing some of that information later because the rally is actually this Thursday, 827, so I got to give y'all all the information on that, but he'll be with me next week discussing it, letting them know all of um, what Race First is about. Hey, Shalina! Yes, and after I do what I do, you already know we got to get out prayer and all glory and honor be to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God. And I'm definitely going to give my shout out. Shalina, I owe you because you was my first caller and yeah, I owe you. But we're going to talk about this. Sis. Thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, please bless abundantly everybody who has joined me tonight, even those who have not had the opportunity to. Dear God, I thank you. We thank you for continuing to share with us with your grace, your mercy, and your love. No matter our situation or our circumstances, I ask, oh, Father God, that everybody continues to be faithful, Lord. Lean on your understanding and trust in you, Lord. Thank you so very much for all of your many blessings, Lord. Watch over us. Keep us. As my spirit continues to cry out, oh, God, continue to have mercy. We love you. We love you. We love you. Amen. Yes, we got to get that prayer in because that's why I'm going to always do that to bless my show because God has truly blessed me. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And you better live. Yes, that was my initiative to actually start the show on you better live because that's what God just keep telling me all in my spirit. You better live. You better live. You better live. And my life has had some changes. I just lost left, 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 not lost, but left the job that I was there um, faithfully dedicated, loyal for 13 years. But you know, the love sometimes don't be reciprocated. But it wasn't only in <laughs> only in um, my coworkers or anything else like that. It was a little bit about the leadership. But that's another thing, though. I ain't here to bash nobody because if you know me, you know the girl. All I do is speak life. And so I'm going to speak life in you. If you're joining me tonight, you are and for an awesome, awesome show. Remember to like, share, and comment, and the phone lines will be open. So don't hesitate to call me and holler at me, okay? All right, all right, all right. Hey, I see my own boy right there commenting, my good bro, Michael. Amen, amen, Mike. And guess what? I got to give you a special shout out. Man, this boy, this dude, this man, I said, boy, I'm correction, this king. 
has shown me love from the beginning genuinely and has supported this show. Big salute to you. And he's definitely joining me tonight, actually joining me tonight. And I just seen a post earlier today that um, he has COVID. So prayers up for you, Mike. I thank you for coming through, even in the midst of you dealing with that. That says a lot. My homegirl, Shalina, Miss Shalina Brown. Yes, 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 yes. Blended. Um, I, I cannot remember the name, Shalina. Forgive me, girl, because you know, don't nobody promote your show. I mean, don't nobody promote your business. It's me. But that's my homegirl all the way back from pain when I was pregnancy days, 18, and she's still rocking with me strong. That says a whole lot. That says a whole lot. Let's send some special prayers out to the family of Nikayla Strada, who just put her to rest last week. That was the teenage girl killed right here in Baltimore City by the nine-year-old little boy. Let's just keep them lifted, keep them lifted in prayers. Also want to send a prayer, um, special prayers out to Antonio Glover, Poochie, um, East Baltimore original. He's now also in the city council um, over there servicing his community that he grew up in for the recent loss of his grandmother, Miss Betty, was definitely a, a, a great, a great to our community. We are losing so many people, so many of our great people. Um, and yes, just keep everybody lifted up in prayer. You know, we be on Facebook and we put our prayer hands. People say, pray for me and everything else like that. People put the prayer hand 100. Just make sure you're doing it. Make sure you're doing it. Send those prayers out. Cry out to the Lord. Oh my goodness. Genuinely speak in specifics on what you want and what do you need for certain people? Because guess what? God hears your cries. Don't be so, um, uh, 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 above yourself that you think that prayer is not needed and that we must continue to cry out because God is so merciful in the grace, baby, the grace and the love is definitely what keeps us. Okay, tonight topic, when we get to talking, we're going to start it off with the power of education. Just like I mentioned, Nate is going to join me later, who is actually a Baltimore City public school teacher. So I invited him to discuss this with me because I wanted to talk about some of the challenges because, you know, our kids is going back to school on Monday. I even also seen my um, homegirl, the Queen Shalina, had a little spiff or something like that. <laughs> Her post on Facebook the other day where she was up to school. So I don't know what all it was about, but I'm sure it was something that we probably going to bring up about these challenges. Um, but yes, the power of education is very important. My point for bringing this up is, of course, to see what challenges we feel they may face. And then I also want to discuss this stuff about the casino and how the money and everything was supposed to go to funding the schools. But even our very own Maryland country on the front, um, Peter Francho said that it was a lie. So the money doesn't actually add to it. It's kind of they're using it as a, a, a supplement to it, I guess, of like replacing it. So it's not adding to it. They're actually taking and using that money that comes through um, that is uh, for the schools to fund the school. So it's not in addition to. So that's a whole nother story, but we're going to get all up into it. Y'all know how I run this segment. We're going to do a what in the world. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world. <laughs> Some stuff that I came across and it just had me like, what in the world? And I'm sure it's going to have you like, what in the world too? Then we're going to do L, what in the what? So for all of them segments, y'all, I need y'all. I need y'all. Support is not cheap. And I need y'all to pay it forward. Like, share, comment, send me some, 
some topics in my inbox right here on Facebook. Let me know what you want to talk about because you know how I come through. I'm talking about your news, our views. So let's talk about it. But on the days what what I had got a message from somebody. I don't know her. She's not a friend of mine on Facebook, but I appreciate her. I don't even know how she knew to inbox me, but hey, it's all in the workings. What she said was, and I'm sure a lot of us deal with it, is that she's always showing up and showing out for her friends, but they never show up for her. So we're going to discuss that later. So first, I just want to get into some straight definitions because right here too, you know, we know we grow together. While we're talking about education and waiting for the wonderful Nate to come on and share his um, thoughts on that topic, um, the definition of education is the process of receiving or giving systematic instruction, especially at school or a university, an enlightening experience. But knowledge is facts. Information and skills acquired by a person through experience or education, the theoretical or practical understanding of a subject, awareness or familiarity, gained by experience of a fact or a situation. So I just wanted to break them back, break them down for y'all. So we can learn and grow together. Look, you can find it on Google, your, your Niz Webster's Dictionary, but I'm going to bring y'all the information. Anything that I learn, <laughs> I'm going to share with y'all. So education is knowledge and knowledge is power. It's a lot of concerns that we've heard, especially through Project Baltimore, but I'm not going to Project Baltimore, you guys, um, at all. But there's a lot of challenges that the Baltimore City school system faces. Um, in addition to that, it's a lot of challenges that we still face in our community. But if I can encourage anybody, I would encourage you, don't leave it all on the system. I know y'all seen some news stories and everything else like that about People who are going to, not going to school, getting marked present. People who feel they didn't get uh, education from the system, don't know how to read, don't know how to count, all of that kind of on. But some of them also still receive their high school diplomas. So my encouragement to all of the families out here, the mamas, the papas, the grandmamas, the grandfathers, the aunts, the uncles, because everybody, it takes a village, whoever the guardian might be. Guess what? Google you some tips on how to instill some education and some knowledge into your kids if you don't know exactly how to do that. I mean, shucks, I'm learning every day. What about y'all? I am learning every day. So it's very important that we put our hand on what we know is necessary. Um, and we just leave too much up to these systems to be. And we can't do that. We can't do that, okay? I don't live for seeing them. I don't want to see you on no story, no years and years from now, talking about your child or your son or your daughter didn't get to um, learn how to read or write, but you just was sitting home. You know what I'm saying? Not doing nothing. I know that we got our jobs. I know that we got our things or whatever else like that, but you have to, yes, do your homework. And I'm not just talking about the homework that is coming from the school. You got to do your homework and give your children information. My thing is, you know, in the system, they have them on the system. So different things are on, the le um, on a certain level. Um, with that being said, I want to give a shout out to the Y22 Development Center located at Park Heights. My cousin, Ife, and the Kiwi Fatiu running that school because baby, they got them three and a four-year-olds up in there, counting by their tens, counting by their fives. 
talking in languages, talking a ASL, sign language, what I want to do. And sometimes I see the videos and it put me in shame because I be like, oh, my youngest is five and he should be doing that. But yeah, you can find a way. You can find a way. Do not leave it up to them systems. I'm learning every day. The same way when your children go to school and they come home and they so excited for to tell you something that they learn, do it vice versa. Do it for your babies. I do it for mine. You know, and everything is education. And education is knowledge and knowledge is power. So put more in the effort and to be powerful, guys, to be powerful, okay? Yes, yes, Godmother, I see your comment. Train up a child. Train them up and let them know what you know, especially in the day's world, you know. I have to have discussions with my children all the time about racism, about different race relations, who they are as an individual, things they don't necessarily teach a child in school. Also, I talk to them about life and death. You know, anybody who knows me know that I have gut issues, um, ulcers or whatever. And I'm not going to blame my mom, right? <laughs> but I probably was like eight years old when I really understood or got the concept of life and death. And honey, my mother being a nurse took me up to Merle's funeral home of Avenue. She told me, stand at that door. No, not me, not chastity, not ever, not chastity, not ever, right? So I go and I go exploring and I see everybody just laying there. Um, unbeknownst to me, it was, you know, people laying in their caskets or whatever in the viewing rooms in March. So me and my mom come out. I remember standing on a 13 bus stop on North of Ashworth. And I say, Mom, why are them people laying right there? What's going on? Why are everybody crying? And my mother said, because they are asleep. I said, well, why don't they just wake them up, right? She said, no, because one day... Everybody goes to sleep and don't wake up. Why she tell me that? Why she tell me that? After that, I'm telling you, I was getting spankings and all types of discipline because I did not want to go to sleep. No, 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 child. And I still have my um, anxieties about death. Um, me, as faithful as I am, I do. I do. I just do. Because it's just such a, a, a sudden unknown thing. Only thing that um, comforts me is to know is to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord. So that's the only thing that comforts me in knowing that in my faith. Um, but I certainly have anxieties about it. Um, I just lost a dear cousin, um, Kaya, rest in peace, Kaya, who died suddenly. Um, I spoke earlier about different people um, who are experienced loss right now who just died so suddenly. Um, and then in L City, we know, suddenly comes more rapidly with the gun violence. Um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit, too, during the show. And um, uh, Brandon Scott and um, Mayor, I mean, Governor <laughs> Hogan visited us yesterday. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit, some new initiatives um, that they put on the city. And this $500,000 um, that the governor has um, given to Little Italy. Um, to help with the recent crime down there. It always baffles me, right? I know we East Baltimore and West Baltimore and um, on Mills and everything, but everything is Maryland, right? And especially coming here in Baltimore, right? Coming in Baltimore, how we separate um, just so close to everything. Like communities be so close together. Like Little Italy was right there where Perkins was, um, then you go around the corner and then you got Federal Hill, then you got Canton, then you got all of this stuff. And a lot of those areas get 
a lot of attention, might I say. Not saying that we don't, you know, in the Black community, but we don't. Not as much as them. I mean, Governor Holden came all the way down here, um, was on the news, was praising, visit Little Italy, visit the harbor, but it's been an issue per all over the city. And one time that I spoke before, um, and hearing a statement from, um, sure, I keep on with all this umming, y'all, because all of this stuff is going on in my head, um, and I cannot think <laughs> of the brother name who was killed, but the movie is coming out, and basically, Emmett Till, Emmett Till, come on, Chaz, real, be for real, Emmett Till movie that's coming out, and I had read a statement before his mama said, and was basically saying, that when she was living up in Chicago and they were seeing all this stuff going down in the South still, it didn't bother her. She didn't really, you know, take nothing from it. But for her to move down into this area and experience this later on, it made her realize how relevant things that happen in other communities, other towns, other cities is relevant to where you are. So, I mean, yeah, I want every part of Baltimore to get better. But Little Italy, Federal Hill, y'all should have known. With all this stuff going in the Baltimore City and no one addressing it, that it was going to flood right on into y'all communities. And now that it's in y'all communities, sometimes it takes that. Now it's getting attention. So we want to talk about that too. Hey, cousin. Yes, that's my cousin Ife just joining us on the thing. I just gave you a shout out on that Um, Developments in out there that you in the Keyway um have established gave a shout out about those kids how wonderful it is how they're learning um african senate um type of education and honey it put me to shame sometimes so i'll be watching them babies doing their sign language talking to different languages and i'll be like you know what i gotta get on top of my homework with my little youngster but guys definitely blessed that that is my cousin i gave some definitions on what education and what knowledge was because I want to talk about the power of um, education. I also um, am going to be joined by Nate um, Kowser, who is my Be Exposed Radio, Be Exposed Media brother. Um, he hosts the Artist Exchange every Friday. I believe it comes on at five. Um, but I'm going to share that too. Get him to share that when he come in and plug you in. And I asked him to come on today because he's actually a teacher of Baltimore City. And with the school year starting on Monday, I'm sure that some people have some concerns. We've seen different issues and different things that's been going on time and time again about the Baltimore City school system. So we're going to talk about it. Waiting to bring him on, but again, giving a big shout out to everybody who already on here with me tonight. My brother Mike, who's dealing with the COVID, but hmm, he came through. Appreciate you, good bro. Shalina, She's been with me for many, many, many years. But since the first show she's been on here, she actually was my first caller. And I got to give her a prize. I owe her. I owe her, yes. Because support is not cheap. It is richly, richly, richly appreciated, okay? Because I'm telling you, I got to talk about that too. We got to talk about support and love. Because for whatever reason, I did a post the other day and said, you know, people will tell you to do you, right? until you start doing you, and then nobody does you. You know what I mean? So we want to talk about the support. We're going to talk about support and the love, and what does it really mean? Not today, but just like I always told y'all, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about it all. Your news, 
your views. Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. I am ready to go on a brief bait break only because I got to use the bathroom, putting this good old water in me. Stay refreshed because it is heated and it is hot out here. Okay? So don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere because when we be back very shortly, Nate be coming on here and joining me and we're going to jump into our discussion about the power of education. I want to talk about this casino money that never found its way. Well, it found its way, but it ain't it ain't add to it. it. It just was, you know, it just kind of replaced it. You know what I mean? Um, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about some whole other stuff, but nah, we're going to be right back and you better leave. This was my boy. Emmett Till. I got a letter today from Auntie Lizzie. She said, Bo's been working the fields. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh, he just doesn't understand how different things are in Mississippi. Are you listening? Yes. Be small down there. Like this? Emmett never thought anything would happen to him. The mommy, Simmy! <laughs> he just wanted to go on vacation and have fun with his cousins. But if my son could just get his feet back onto the Chicago soil, he'd be one happy kid. I don't know why I said that. I want to talk to you about that boy. They've come for you. It's hard to describe what a mother knows. The first thing I noticed when I became a mother was that my hands were busy all the time. My hand knew him with my eyes closed, just like I know his laughter in a crowded room. It's the same thing when you know all of someone. This was my boy, Emmett Till. The body of Emmett Lewis Till has been found dead. Can I at least just fix him up a bit? No, they have to see it for themselves. You tell me, maybe, how is risking your life gonna help you? Those pictures of your son change people's lives. I can't look, baby. We have to. The lynching of my son has shown me that what happens to any of us anywhere in the world had better be the business of us all.
Oh, 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 y'all couldn't hear me, but just like that, just like that, we back, we back. You better live with the goddess chess world, the Empress Lady Cake Mix. I'm shortly, I told y'all I had my guest coming through, the wonderful Nate Kowser. But I just want to um, speak on some facts about um, the casinos and how the casino revenue was supposed to support our school system. Um, back in uh, let me see here. 2008 or 2012 legislation specified that the state should spend more money on the school system, but the sources are saying that they have not. Even our very own Marlon Comptroller, Peter Funchuk, spoke on it and said that it was basically a hoax, a hoax, a hoax, a hoax, a hoax, not a hoax. But what he's saying is that the information given was a misrepresentation of exactly what was going to happen. Uh, last year alone, and all this information I did pull from the Capital News Service, um, cvsmerlin.org is a good resource for me. The casino fundings, almost $700 million education trust fund, but lower markets have used that money to replace rather than increase general funds revenue. So what is going on with that? I don't know. I got to go through my pages, right? So anyway, <laughs> last year, the education budget was $7 billion. $7 billion. $7 billion. However, from this trust fund, it only was $285 million. That's a big leap, right? $285 million to needing $7 billion? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another thing. So David Baird spoke on it, who was actually the education policy director at Advocates for Children and Youth Baltimore. He said he understands the position that the state was in several years ago, but they need to go back and they need to look at it. He is saying if um, the city or the funding is actually um, there to help us, are they supplementing or are we using it for opportunities to improve educational outcomes? I don't know. With the looks of it and the sources are saying is that what they promised us is not the facts. It's not what's happening. So I looked in and got the education and I'm sharing the knowledge with y'all. Make sure to go back and look into it because the reason why I wanted to bring Nate on here was just to talk about some of the challenges of the Baltimore City um, school system with school starting on Monday. Um, one of the surveys that I was looking on said that a huge percentage of teachers are saying that in the next two years, they were definitely going to leave. Um, and then another percentage were also saying that they might leave. And most of it had to do with some of the challenges that they faced with disruptive students. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but with school starting just on Monday, I also read information that here in Baltimore City, they are 225 openings, 225 openings for teachers is definitely going to be a shortage. Um, I seen that an email was linked um, about the transparency that they should be giving us as parents and families about that shortage, um, basically sharing that they don't have no teachers. So it's going to be some temporary staff uh, and all that stuff going on when the school year start, which is definitely, definitely disheartening to know because I know there's some powerful teachers out here and I know that their hopes is not to leave our kids hanging, but it's some challenges. Everybody that I know that works in that system, 
never said that they left because of the children. It always was in the administration, um, whether it be from the school board or directly in the school. So yeah, so yeah. Um, it, it's something else, y'all, it's something else. What y'all think? Um, be sure to like, comment, come on your thing. I definitely wanna bring Nate on. Um, get him up on here, get him up on here, get him up on here. He was supposed to be joining me at 7.30, definitely a guy of his word, um, the lovely Nate. And we're going to be talking about all of that. So maybe he's coming. He's I'm here. <laughs> hey, Nate. Hey. What's you? Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, this week has been professional development week for for teachers and um a lot of you you kind of in, in some capacity you forget what your frustration was and then that first week leading up to the actual first day of school you remember again um and to your first point um a lot of teachers leaving because of disruptive students um there's no accountability uh when it comes to students and frankly because students are the bottom line um now there are plenty of people like i'm sitting here sharing out the show and there are plenty of my teacher friends and so forth that are on my pages because they follow my art and my work um yeah, yeah. Wonderful. so i'm, I'm not I'm I'm not a I don't hesitate in speaking my truth, mm -hmm. um, but the consequences are what they are. Like there are a lot of people who have gotten into trouble for speaking out um, against things within the school system. And my frustration, specifically with that topic, you're you're always going to have a disruptive student. But what happens is when you have students who are not typically disruptive that become disruptive because they see that these students don't face any consequences. So why should I listen to this teacher? Um, the verbiage that is going around because of this great teacher um, that does these, that did this TED talk, um, one of her big bullet point statements was, children don't learn from people they don't like. And I think that is the that is the biggest setup for any teacher, especially a new teacher or a novice teacher that you can have within a system. Because I don't come here to be anybody's friend. That doesn't mean that I'm an asshole to anybody, but it simply means you need to raise your children to be respectful whether they like somebody or not. And we we live in a space right now where we have very disrespectful adults who raise very disrespectful children and dare you to say something or do something about it. Yeah. We act like that towards each other as adults. So just imagine what your child is picking up. And this verbiage is coming from both uh, administrative, both those, um, I just finished doing all of these all of these, all of these, all of these, all of these Zoom PDs this week, like literally four day. Um, and you're sitting there and you're hearing them basically say that you, your work is in quality, that your work that you've done up until this point, because something has to be wrong, because these children aren't achieving the way they are. 
you know, everything in the world is blamed on a teacher. And, and I'm not one of the people that don't see fault in, in a lot of our practices, but we're up against the wall. We have an administrative that tell it, telling us that we have to be liked more than we have to be capable of doing our job. I have to be more likable than I am, that I have to be capable. And we're seeing that in, the, in their hiring practices now because they're hiring substitutes or people to stay in there who have never set foot in a classroom before. Never. Have no practical experience outside of maybe having children of their own or nieces and nephews, literally. Um, so they're telling us that my likability, my, my ability to manage the behavior of a classroom is more important than me being able to be effective at doing my job, meaning I know what I'm teaching. So that to that first point, it is that is what you're up against when you're a first time teacher or you're a returning new teacher. Mm. Um, you have to be liked over. Wow capable mm. um, <laughs> so, so is right so is right because i mean what they used to say you ain't got to like it <laughs> or you got to like me right so even in that regard you know you don't have to like your teacher but if you are promoting the love of education and like how you say the love of respect and your children yeah. and then parents you know that, that definitely makes a difference. But mm -hmm. think that someone has to like you right. um, to learn something, receive something is, you know. But that's, but look at how we are as adults in our world. If you're not rich, famous, and popular, all in that order, I don't, I can't learn anything from you. Mm. You know, and, and that's, translating into how our children are being raised. And you have some gems of a teacher that may be a first year student, uh, student teacher or a first year, you know, teacher, um, and they're leaving. And it's way more than that 200 and some odd number that you just named vacancies in the city alone. Right. That was only has almost as that much. I reported on. No, yeah. but they keep they keep trying to lower the number and they're giving incentives. Our own CEO, Santa Lise. Mm. On her welcome address, the first one that we had for the week, she basically incentivized uh, full-time teachers over anybody else. She gave, she's given them $200 gift certificates to, uh, to some store for being returning full-time teachers. That, that's, that's a slap in the face to everybody else that's been pulling their weight, that's mm -hmm. been doing their due diligence, that don't get paid as much as right. the regular teachers. And it's re really separating the union teachers from the non-union teachers, right. you know, or the faculty that are stepping in as teachers right now. Like it's totally, dis and I get it. You, you want to incentivize your teachers so you can keep them. But what about everybody else? Are we dispensable or, well, you know, are those people dispensable? And it, it really is, you know, after this week, like Monday is, <laughs> Like, what if you better live you better live here. i'm just saying i'm we saying it, we need it really you is. we need you we need you we need you it do but it do you, but, you that's, but that's just like you've been being in a, a toxic marriage or yeah. friendship like that person needs you but do you have to take it like do you have to take it 
I get it. I get it. One of the very, um, my sentiments is exactly why I just left my job for 13 years. But yeah, mm-hmm. sources also say, Nate, that enrollment in the Maryland's Educative Prep Program has declined 33% over the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, we talked about her offering incentives and to get people to join, they started some new ones as far as like higher pay and retention um, bonuses. But not to everybody that's been pitching in. Mm. You know, uh, substitutes don't get paid if they have a sick day. They're pay if they're long-term sub, they get paid according to their educational background. But if they miss a day, say I'm sick or I need a wellness day, mm. they, they work on a 10-day cycle. So if they are in that class for 10 uh, school days straight, then their pay is, you know, boosted up to long-term pay. If they miss a day, they go back to non-long-term pay. Like, and these are the people who saved your school system. Yes. Who saved it. Because you wouldn't have had enough people to, to teach these children with those high numbers of teachers missing. Like, you, you just would not have had it. Um, and, and to your point, in terms of, you know, the financial system of the, the, the business of the school system. Yeah. The, the quote unquote, good schools, end quote, are incentivized. They are rewarded for doing well. And I think that's great. But the, the schools that are not doing well face closures or defunding. So we're quick to defund a school system before we are quick to defund a police system mm. or a governmental system. Right. And they really take money out of schools for children not being able to achieve. Yeah, and that's crazy. That's that's right. crazy to me, Nate, because I'm like, mm-hmm. you bring up the police and the police department, you know, um, and working with you for whatever. We used to look at statistics all the time and mm-hmm. they actually get the information from the testings of elementary school. Yeah. So second grade, if your child is not on their level, unable to read, they are predicting that your child will be involved in the criminal justice system. Which will give them which will then finance a baby bookings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to all the people that's complaining, I hear all these people on, on you know, social media or in my circles complaining about Joe Biden not being able to do this or Barack not being able to do this. Or, and, and it's you all that are sitting on the sidelines spectating. How many of you vote? And not just for your favorite Brandon Scott, but how many of you vote for the people who do select the president? How many of you get out and vote every single time, not just when your money is at, I know a lot of parents who have children in piss poor school districts, but yet they out there getting a bag. And they're focused on things that do not add up to your child's education or the country's future. Like these children will be giving you needles or your medication. And they're just being passed. Mm. They're just being passed. Yes. And that's what I was saying. You know, I just was encouraging people, you know what I'm saying, to do your homework. Education should not Mm. only be, you know, entrusted to the system, but also to you. You know, just like how you were saying, parents who are disrespectful, raise disrespectful children and even in that regard. But if you are a parent, I just feel like you just shouldn't leave it all on the teachers or leave it all on the 
the parents. I know that that partnership between, you know, school um, staff and the parents is essential mm-hmm. in the child's progress. And a lot of that is lacked. I just now came from a back to school night um, as my son started his um, year in kindergarten back on the 8th of this month. And, um, you know, people were there, but I know it's way more students in that school than mm-hmm. I seen them parents. They should have been standing room. They don't have time. They, they get in that bed. They get in their life. They get in, they live in their life. They're getting their bags. They, you know, they don't have time. You know, I we heard from a couple parents through PD this week. And, and one of the things was they're, they're restructuring how, what their focus is. So this year, there's a big push to literacy. There's a big push in math because the children are so far behind. Yeah. And they, at some point, they're not going to be able to continue to just pass children. And there are a lot of factors that go on, go into it. But if your child gets, say, a 15, that's their grade. At the end of the year, their grade automatically defaults to a 50, mm. which means they passed your child that does not know anything. Wow. And you can't blame the school system because if if we keep holding children back, the school, this system will eventually get closed. The school that I'm at is getting closed. At the, it's slated to close. There's a big push from the neighborhood but the school system has have already made their mind up. They're closing the school. Is that because of the performance? Of the, the performance, the enrollment, but all of that is a, is a big circle. If you're not giving money to the school, I, I was standing in the middle of the hallway today mm. and a mouse ran out in the middle of the floor as if I was in his home. Oh. I mean, I'm cleaning for the orientation. He's teaching too this year. Right, he's teaching too this year. <laughs> I'm cleaning out my classroom, and there's there's just my fecal matter in the in the drawers because the room hasn't been used forever. Right, because they haven't had the enrollment, and this year, you know, the, the enrollment are down. I'm sitting in the office, and I'm hearing this parent come in or call in, and they're taking their child out of the school system. And do you understand what that means? In January, they set a budget for the next school year. Mm-hmm. So you have a target amount of students that you expect to be in your school. If you go over that, they give you an additional fund for every in- individual child. If you go beneath that budgeted projected number, you then lose money. Wow. For every individual child. Yes. I mean, where is the money? You know, I sprung up some things. About it's in the, in the quote unquote good schools. That's where they send the money to. And then they pay our CEO a raise every two years or so whenever she feels like giving herself a raise. Oh, okay. So the money she gets not based on performance. It's not because her school system is failing. So it can't That's be on. That's the point I wanted to make. That's that's absurd to me. But anyway, the phone lines are open. I see Shalina is on the comments saying that she agree. 
Um, certainly with something you must have said, Mr. Nay here, and that she has a point. We definitely want to hear it. Feel free to call in at 443-642-9403 so we can get your point and join in this discussion. But Nay, um, also before you came on, I was just saying some mm -hmm. information about um, the casinos, um, yeah. how that was supposed to actually help the funding. It's like the lottery was supposed to, and that never... That never, and it's they they keep letting these these businesses get away with because the casino is a nonprofit, the lottery is a nonprofit. They both have foundations connected to their business that give them loopholes, you know, for tax incentives. Amazon, instead of allowing an Amazon to be in your city tax free, you need to make them put a certain amount of money, say, in your you know your school system or your roads and highways right. make them donate a certain amount of money every year towards that stop letting them just set up stop giving target incentives for opening up a store knowing that they're going to close within five years at a Mondarmin mall so they leave with all these tax breaks and incentives and kickbacks but yet Mondarmin is is a big did all this development for a target and now is this a big empty box now? Mm. So stop letting them get away with that. Stop letting the casino claim that they've been losing money since they opened up. When I see people who go in at the crack of dawn and leave at the crack of dawn, I know. Right. But you know, some of the you know some of the sources that I read that was saying you know originally when it became legalized here in two thousand and eight um, under um, Governor Martin O'Malley um, back in two thousand and eight. Um, it just was the machines. Mm -hmm. Later on, you know, the, the casino, you know, being a sneaky and a type of grimy business, they came back to the table and wanted to do, I mean, wanted to put in the tables and introduce Right. Them. So a lot of that money, which where they received their most revenue, is not actually being allotted to go to the school system because it's actually in a fund. Um, and what fun. they're saying is that it does is not adding to it's kind of like replacing. Replacing what? I guess whatever the educational fund, you know, wherever they originally. Because they're still getting the same amount from the government. So what are they replacing? What is that? Is that money? Because when you say 250 million, you know, is that going towards the higher up salaries? Because it's not trickling down to the school system, especially in the low income black neighborhoods. Black and brown neighborhoods. It's not trickling down. Right. So I'm looking. I'm and I am trying to set up my classroom, and mm. I am pulling chairs from mm. all over the school to just try to fill my classroom. They said. I've been told that when I donate to school all the time. You know, I think the school that my children attends is a good school. Um, your child, your children go to a charter school that's yeah. not of Baltimore. Right. Not, you know, it's not throwing any shade, but that system is going to pay for themselves. They're going to find donors and people. And these but no, the point that I was going to make is that they still need, you know, donations, stuff like that all the yep. time. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and it's time. and it, I, I don't relate. I, I relate because I'm, I've been teaching in these schools for a number of years. Mm -hmm. But the, the, me personally, I didn't go to schools like this. You know, I actually went to the school that your children go to or your younger children go to. You know, I, I went to Catholic schools. I don't relate. And these were not independently wealthy schools. My high school was, but outside of that, 
you know, they were Catholic, so they got a little bit of change uh, post or pre, you know, uh, touching children scandals. Right. But outside of that, you know, it, it really just, it was disheartening to be at that school all week long and realize nothing has changed. Oh, it definitely Even is. This and it's this happening. And it's frustrating me just coming for you because I know that you are in the midst in it. And like you said, you're going to speak the truth and you're going to give it to us. And that's yeah. why I live for you. That's yeah, why. And, I'm, and when I tell, it's just, and I'm reading some of these comments. I think Michael said, I believe every student should have a grievance counselor. There's a, there's a, a social worker, a counselor, yeah. a, a feelings counselor they have all of these things in the school system they have them my school that's failing has that we have it they make drum or they partner with other organizations and bring those services to the schools but right, they're right. not investing beyond so your child feels good but your school still has a mice rodent problem right or you know we don't have we don't have the money to buy new chairs so now your chair your child will be rocking in a chair right. all year long. And not to mention when they when they walk out of the school. I'm just and is and some I some of the, the looks of whatever I was like that I used to right. say that all the time. It's it's sometimes uh -huh. sad. I remember, you know, whether I was walking or driving, my son, my oldest son who graduated from Carver, when I used to ride up that road all the time, there's trash, trash yeah. everywhere and mm -hmm. all around the school. So yes, yes, that has a lot to do with it. And they 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 well, pick and choose what in. they they pick and choose what they want to give to the school. So you you fix the street outside of the school, but you about to close the school down. Mm. So what are you making room for? Another charter school? Mm. Because the school that your child was in was a regular Baltimore City Public School. Then it went to a charter a cha uh, Title Three school. Yes. Then it was closed down and this charter school came into it from another state like mm -hmm. it just uh, it, it is frustrating like i i'm sitting there and i used to have the energy where i would just go to the store and buy all the stuff to decorate my room and i'm not even feeling it i was ready to say why would you i'm not feeling it these teachers are using a lot of their own money to be able to pump your child up for the first day of school and how long will that last? Yeah. You know, they last as long as those new shoes last that you just bought them. You mm -hmm. know, I, I hear um uh what's her name? The Cheryl say give parents their power back. You all have the power. Yeah. The school the school system don't have the power anymore. The parents have the power. And because the parents complain so much, that's why we have so many levels of services in the school system. Right. But yet you all aren't following up. Like being able right. to beat your child is, is, and I'm telling you, and I'm a person that will beat a child ass if I had one. But I'm <laughs> okay. telling you, it does not And I work. think that's what she it was speaking it. to, you know, with everything or whatever. Right. You know, these, 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 these staff sometimes, they question children. I ain't saying abuse them. Mm -hmm. uh, but even everything is questioned nowadays. The way you choose to, you know, talk to your children in discipline. Mm -hmm. If you're too stern, you're being abusive, you know. You being... But a lot of that, a lot of how the school is ran now is because the parents spoke up and spoke out. 
and sued school systems. So that's why we're we're in terms of discipline right now. And I'm not saying a lot of, and I don't beat people, children, like just slapping children, people. I said, if I had my own children, I right. definitely would right. be right. But a lot of these clear. children are getting beatings at home. They're getting borderline abused at home. And then they come to school not trusting adults. And so, they're, so they're looking, right, and it's the parent has told them what they better not do and all of that, and, and what this teacher better not call their phone no more. Like, it, it you've set your child up to fail. Yeah. And, you're sending, and I don't care how good of a parent you are. You are setting your child up for failure if you allow them to be in a system with other children that are failing and that's causing mm-hmm. the rest of the school to fail. I'm sorry, parents, but that's just how it is. No, don't, so, don't be sorry. Teachers, don't be sorry. You better tell them you better live, honey. Your teachers yeah, are spending yeah, yeah. too much time trying to manage behavior and don't have enough time to actually teach your children. We are getting yeah. knowledge tonight. I just had a situation where um, one of the schools said, pushing, um, pulled me up and said, you know, tell your son that every action has a reaction because I'm keep seeing little boys push him or what's your name him and he's not hitting them back. And what about that? I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to get him. Um, but I always make the point that all children have different levels of discipline. Yeah. I don't yeah. raise my children and just put their hands on, you know, people yeah. or anything, but definitely, definitely um, to protect yourself and everything else like that. But yeah, a lot of these children, they got hand problems. They do. They, they got I hand mean, problems. It is beyond hand problems. Not it, even it, say it, the children on the children's, like these children really in higher levels, even the young, they be threatening the teachers. I'm telling you, that's that's I've gone through that my whole teaching career. I've had children. I mean, just up until recently, last school year, I was at I'm at an elementary school and I had children buck at me. Mm. And you can't you can't show them any signs of. Well, I'm not saying you can't do that because compassion does go a long way. But a lot of these children and and. I mean, I know some of the children were getting abused at home. So they come to school and that's how they deal. We we were talking you on your last show. That's how they deal with conflict. Yeah. That's how they deal with conflict. They don't know any way to deal with it. The young man who shot the little girl, we were talking yeah. about that. Like that's how they learn how to deal with things. So what do you expect for them? Us as adults, us as adults, all this crime going to Baltimore, you know, a lot of adults don't know either. My five foot two mother. Uh, you know, raised me in a space where all it had to take was uh, a punishment. But these children are different. You can't just take a, a game system away from them because they still got a phone. Mm. You know, you can't just take stuff because they don't care the way they used to. Michael said half of the schools don't even heat or air. So how we expect for them to focus. And we know that. And what do you do? What do you do? You know, even the schools that have AC in them, your children complain about it being too cold. Yeah. If it's if it's if it's heat on at the school, your children complain about it being hot. So nobody will ever be satisfied. You know, the school that I'm at, part of the school is AC, the other part isn't AC. And I'm my my classroom is in the basement. I can't even get a Wi-Fi signal. Mm. Able to run my computer on a projector. And nothing's being done because parents are satisfied with their children being gone from 7.30 to 2.25. What? Talk about it. 
I used to always say that for like the head start things and stuff when I was working and because of my income, when I wanted my children, so they used to say, nope, you make too much. It can be off by $10, you hear me? Mm -hmm. But I used to see people who don't work nowhere, don't do nothing, drop their children off and be late coming to pick them up. Yeah. Be late coming to pick them up. But in addition to that, you know, we talked about a lot about, you know, just like the, the structure for us when it comes to financial support. Um, right. of the school system and that definitely being an issue and um, it's very very concerning because the environment in which you come in to learn is very important mm -hmm. it's very important but in addition to that let's talk about a little bit about the curriculum um, because I know you know you were saying your, your, your upbringings in the educational world provided more you know knowledgeable whatever resources is this some specifics that you feel is missing from the curriculum that children need to know. And I'm not just talking about the basics. Like, you know, math, you talked about, you know, they're increasing the literacy. I'm talking about, you know, the points like knowledge itself, um, economics, well, you know, budgeting, business. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm being real, real with you. I can't teach a child how to vote or who the president is or economics or how to start a business because they can't read or it. Oh, or come with it. Come with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Y'all keep talking about the, what the school system isn't teaching, and your child can't read. Mm. Your child cannot read, miss or mister. Mm. Them, they, wow. him, she. If you, your child if you, can't read. If you have to, if you have to speak it, and yes, it's Pacifics, specifics, specifics of it. <laughs> Not Pacific. Y'all know my tongue will be going and it'll be going and going. But thank you, Ma, <laughs> for the correction. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm a different type of person. I'm a person that understands the country that I live in, but I'm not a grammar police. I'm not going to do that because this language is not ours. But at the same time, you're, it's there for your child to learn. Yeah. They don't see you taking a if, if a big a big thing. If if you don't have a car, chances are your child is not going to see the importance of having a car or the 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 need to have a car. If if you don't have a bank account, chances are, and I'm not being general across the board because there are a lot of exceptions. But if you don't have a bank account, if you go to a check cashing place and you're taking your child with you every time to cash your check, guess where your child is going to start going once they get a job? They're going to go to the check cashing place. They're not going to go to the bank. They're not even going to see that if if there's a bank name on that check, uh, drafted on that check, I can go to that that uh, that bank to at least get my money. They, they won't even say go right to Ace Cashing because my mother went to Ace Cashing. Right. So we have to understand the habits that we have. And I'm not saying that there aren't some hardworking, intelligent parents that just happen to have their children in certain districts. I'm not saying that. And I, I'll always say that there are always exceptions to the rules. But you have to understand what your child is facing. You know, I begged my mother to go to the high school that I went to. I went to Archbishop Curley. And it, what, I was there for about two weeks and realized I hated it. Mm. Because of the why was that? It was very racist. Oh, it was very racist. Um, and it wasn't set up for a black child to matriculate. 
you know, typically the black children that went to Archbishop Curley or schools like that, um, they went there on a sports scholarship. And anybody else, if you wasn't on a sports team, you didn't really make it. And it's, it's um, we, we have to, you know, and that's apples and oranges, but we have to really focus on the things that we're doing. So before you tell me to teach your child about business and how to start a business and how to write a check, please make sure your child can read first and your child to add and subtract right. or divide or multiply. Yeah. Make sure those yeah. things are covered. Make sure your child Don't knows how to Don't just leave it up to the system. But I guess that's no. what I was speaking to. Like, in, in addition, let's just say it was a perfect a perfect perfect all perfect children all of them knew how to read all of them knew how to count is there anything that you feel will be essential to be added to you know just help our children develop overall like to the curriculum when they get to school current enroll involvement and because the, the curriculum we can't keep playing with these children and testing certain curriculums out they're changing the curriculum as we speak right now again and it is it is more so how teachers are teaching. Uh, so the way your child learns to read or write, the method in which they do that, not necessarily the curriculum itself, but the method, the method, the, um, the word just jumped out of my head. Um, Please get it right. The method in which a teacher is being uh, challenged, meaning the way teachers have been teaching children how to read. Now they want every content area to be focusing on reading or have some element of math or reading or literacy uh, in it. So as uh, I'm, I'm teaching art this year, so all my art classes, I have to figure out how to add some level of literacy, reading, writing, and maybe math to it. So now I'm trying to figure out how to use measurements how to help them learn how to divide or subtract measurements or something like that. Or, you know, I, we're doing art, so I have to focus on storytelling. So using storytelling to create art, you know, and, and it's nothing wrong with, you know, um, restructuring a teacher's pedagogy. Pedagogy is how I teach. Okay. But the problem comes in, there are, there are four known or popular learning styles. Okay. On top of that, there are other ones that fall in the middle of them. So some of them overlap. Uh, there are four major um, teaching styles. Mm -hmm. So we, so if you keep expanding my classroom, one of my classes this year has 30 students in it. How in the hell am I supposed to give 30 students a quality education? Mixed into that 30 are certain IEPs, certain behavioral problems, yeah. certain health problems. Then we have our ESOL students. ESOL students are English as a second language. Mm. So these ESOL students can be from anywhere in the world. They don't speak the language. They're just learning it. And, and to, to, to um, qualify for ESOL, you have to have been in the country less than a year. Mm. So these students are literally fresh off the boat. The challenges, the challenges, the challenges. So those students are also in your class. Now, if they are Spanish speaking, I can possibly help them. Right. But if they are any from any other country, I don't, I don't know those languages. Okay. So 
literally you'll have a student in a room and you have to figure out ways to incorporate you know, this depending on the size of your esol your esol population you may have a specific person in the school that will pull them out throughout the day to kind of help them with learning the language but they're not helping them to do the work that you have because they send them back to your classroom so your challenge is the esol students um, and that, that typically is a language barrier. Then you have children who learn differently that may right. have, say, ADHD or dyslexia. The behaviors too. But IEPs, I, IEPs can be educational, yeah. uh, or they can be behavioral, or they can be health. Yeah. So you have all these different inclusion happening in one room. And you and people are asking, well, what else can one we add? teacher? What else can you add? What well, else can teacher. you add? And they already lacking the teachers. <laughs> you said yeah. I think 225. You said the openings are um are more than that. And I I'm just I'm floored at the, mm -hmm. the slap in the face that y'all got for those, you know, those substitutes or those seasonal teachers or the ones who aren't um full time, but with one teacher, all of them challenges. That's all I hear is challenges, challenges, challenges. So everyone watching, tell someone else that it's very important that you get involved in the process of education. On in the education that is received from your child on a daily basis. Don't just check in, um, you know, some it was short over here to back to school, but every day. Don't just drop them off at the door and that be it. And I get it. You know, you have parents that work two and three jobs. Yeah, I yeah. get it. So you need to join, make friends with the other parents, meaning you need to sacrifice a day or two. Like tomorrow is our community day when okay. teachers come, when parents come and they can sign their children up for the dojo and get the other resources and learn who the teachers are. Yeah. Sacrifice. Yeah. You knew this day was coming. You now, sometimes the school is a little late on giving out dates, but that means you need to ask. Yeah, you need to ask. Now, I'm a I'm, now I'm going ahead tomorrow with a positive attitude. Yeah, my frustration is already set in because I'm hearing all of these presenters, including the CEO, talk about her fabulous children. Mm. She she opened up with a story about how her and her girls love musical theater and how she took them she takes them to these Broadway shows and I'm sitting there listening and I'm like I wonder how many parents that are teachers or faculty or staff are listening to this and can't afford to take themselves to a Broadway show. I'm sure they can. School system can't afford to take yes. these children, but you're telling you're you're showing us how diverse and eclectic your child experience as a child is. So we're we're looking at children. Not only are we looking at children that don't come from that lifestyle, most of us can't afford that lifestyle. I have to me as a theater person. I have I know the tricks to get in a, a seat in the theater, but. I can't afford to just go to Broadway whenever I feel like it. I have to plan my trip. Honey, I'm looking for the, the, the promotions on Baltimore Comedy Factory right now. Right. The only shows that I basically can afford. But yeah, stuff like that, it kind of rubs you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it, it's, it's just a slap in the face. So a lot of the problems that 
are facing that the, the school system is facing is just a lack of accountability because nobody wants to get rid of a child anymore. So you'll put up with the worst behavior until they like last year. We kept reporting the same students. These three students had to start a fire, which wasn't their first time starting a fire, but they had to start a fire that almost got out of the hand for mm. them to, to at least suspend them, send them home to suspend them. But for a child that has a behavioral problem like that, suspending them is vacation. It's sure vacation. Because they, they probably not going to be at home. They're probably going to be at an aunt house, or they will probably be left alone at home. And I know they put efforts forth in schools, too, to get, like, their suspension records and stuff like that down. I don't know if that deals with or has anything to do with funding or monies or whatever else like that. But I remember, you know, I've been on a a school board at a couple of um, schools or whatever where my child um, attended, especially this charter one that's actually ran by the board. Mm -hmm. And they spoke specifically on that. So they had different... um, you know, partners come in to kind of do the behavioral part. Um, if your child was acting up, they would go to this room or, you know. Yeah, they, they got diamonds on the rise or other programs like that but yeah. that are supposed to be incentives for your children to behave, not necessarily when they are acting up, but those people turn into when a, ch- a teacher can't handle it anymore yeah. and they're disruptive. So now you're just trying to find somewhere for that child to go and right. reset themselves. And, and guess what? They overly use them. <laughs> they overly, they overly use, them. use them. Because um, when right. we talk about disruptive and we know the ones who are like blatantly disruptive, but I also have seen where, and you know, classrooms and, and, and teachers being frustrated at the most disruptive um, children, sometimes something a littlest thing that another Chels do you know or does they take it as a disruption and they keep sending them because and and, and to the parents and to the parents like yourself who get frustrated at that if i let this child keep leaning back in the chair mm-hmm. and i let that go it's gonna be you know like i'm in i, I use example of me trying to find chairs today i was so frustrated because all the chairs were broken mm. So I know what that is. Once you start, once a child finds that that thing, they're gonna keep doing it. Yes. And, and when you say something, that's only gonna make them keep doing it. So now another child is gonna do it. There's this thing that's going around, especially I think in elementary middle, where children will just randomly start moaning. And once that happens other children are going to start doing it. So your child may just want to jump in and I catch your child. So now I have the no tolerance policy. Oh, no. And that's exactly what they like be doing. And, and so your child gets caught. Now your child feels some kind of way because they know they never did it before. And the first time they tried it, now I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, you have to have a no tolerance policy in your classroom because one little thing will just trickle down. Now you got the whole class yelling at the top of their lungs mm-hmm. because they know that's what's going to get to. And I get what that. Do do? What do you do when your children won't stop yelling or won't stop and they're doing it purposely? So, and what the thing that I always try to get my parents to understand, stop coming to me as if I did something wrong. Mm. Come to me to get informed and to understand. 
because now you done drove your child to school and you cussing and fussing the whole way long yes. because, because I took like, your whatever child. Whatever you said didn't matter. Right. They don't even really know what all the information is. And, but yeah. they come right in yeah. ready to rumble. And it's just, and it's, and that's where they, that's how they come in. And don't be somebody that they don't respect or represent somebody they don't respect. Cause now, oh, they, they don't even want to, I had an incident last year where a, a young lady said that I told her her clothes were inappropriate. I told her how she had her, tie, her shirt tied up over her stomach was inappropriate. So her mother came in the door and I saw that she was doing a thousand. I extended my hand to say, how, how you doing? My name is, I don't want to, I'm not taking your hand. Oh, but you already have an attitude because you know your child and you know your child lies. And, mm -hmm. and it's, I don't want to keep harping on the parents or on the children because it's the whole system. Yeah. It's the whole system. There are people that come to work. But you're speaking from your, you know, respectfully, you're speaking from, you know, your 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 point of view. And your but it's still, it's, you know, and it's not a blanket statement either. Yeah. And, and, and because there are people who come to work in a school building miserable. What? There's a, there's a man that works in my school that does At not home. like me. He does not like me. Because I was ready to say that too, that it's not always, you know, the children and everything else like that, because I caught some little action too last year mm -hmm. for those behavioral staff up at this school. Like, yeah. Yeah, you can't correct the behavior with the same behavior. And just like how you said, a lot of these adults that they are allowing to come into the system, yeah. you know, or they might got a child or whatever, they don't know how to talk to people. Yeah. They don't know how to treat children. They don't know how to treat adults. They don't. And it's a lot. And, and, and I don't, I, I, walk on eggshells when I start talking about qualifications because there are you know even amongst the the union the union teachers there's a lot of drama they don't want anybody else in the building if mm -hmm. it's not them you know I just had an argument with another teacher who because I am the art teacher she feels as though I should not necessarily pass my children because they're not passing in her class so it throws off her work and it makes her look bad i said well maybe you should come and ask one of the the enrichment teachers what they're doing mm. and maybe it could help you you know instead of you just dismissing the fact that maybe i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing right but it's, it's just they and i i as a parent chaz i i get your perspective because y'all really don't know what's going on in the building because for the most part they've limited access to the buildings now especially yes. in the city school systems they've limited so parents can't just come in unless you're volunteering or you work at the school you don't have access to the building the way you used to you can't come no further and let me tell you about the parents that they hired as staff over here mm. oh trying to help them trying to help them now they in there baby they don't speak mm -hmm. they, oh they different they, they is better and that school, even though it, it's changed management, that school specifically has a history of uh, recruiting parents yeah. and incorporating them. That's how my mother decided to leave her job and become a school teacher at that school. Yeah. My best friend's mom became the head of the cafeteria, you know, and she didn't even have a degree like my mother did. So it, it, that school has a history of helping parents. And it's just something that's always been there. 
Right, but, and I get it, and I and I love it. But when we go back and we're talking about qualifications and, and this that whole attitude overall, you know what I mean? If you're applying and then you're coming into a school system and you're privileged, or you know, to get that opportunity mm-hmm. where you have no experience and then you come in here, whatever, you can't have that attitude. Like right. this about my children, and you know, now I don't speak to nobody. Oh no, because I'm not just a parent anymore. I'm the staff. When collectively, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. We all supposed to be, you know, doing this philosophy as a village. Shalina, I ain't hear from you yet. You know that them school line, I mean, them um, lines are open. And Mike's was just making a point too on here. I got to read his comment. He said, we spend more money on clothes than education itself. So true. That whole idea of looking apart. And Not if your child can't read, children. You, got a, you got a pretty gorgeous child who can't read. Right. But look, everybody was learning about going back to the back to schools and salute to all the organization that did the back to school events or whatever to make sure our mm-hmm. children would have the, you know, the school supplies. I know some of them extended to actually do school uniforms as well as feet and attire. But yeah, that's so true, though, that, you know, Mike makes that comment that that's all I see a lot of parents, you know, this day and age worrying about is right. the shoes and the accessories and Whatever is needed to jazz up the uniform or whatever. No one is really concerned because guess what? We going to the back to school event, <laughs> which is a big to help. Get our, to get our needs. Yes. To get what is needed and not, mm-hmm. you know, what is wrong. I'm curious. Um, is this Michael uh listener or or subscriber? Are you a parent or do you work in the school system? I'm I'm a, just a little character. I know he's a parent. Okay. Okay. He's a parent. He's a parent. That's some right. really like my good bro from East Baltimore. So he is a parent. So mm-hmm. for him to even just speak on that, and yes, we do. We spend more money. It, 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 there are tons of programs, tons of the programs, after school programs, enrichment programs, all throughout the schools. There are so many partners that see the need and see and have a you know a. a intention maybe good or bad whatever and they come in and partner with these schools so they the schools are overrunning with resources but how how necessary the the things that they are not adjusting or not dealing with and all these resources are to help curve behavior and retention and making sure your children show up every day you know because at the end of the day your child being in that school brings money to that school. And, and I, I don't want to make it about money, but our principals being given their own budgets now, that individual control of their budgets now, it has done something a disjustice uh, because now, well, if y'all not achieving, we're going to shut you down. Wow. You know, we're going to bust these children over to this school. You know, a lot of our students from my school are going to Franklin Square and a couple of the other schools in that Southwest Baltimore area. And it's just, it's just, um, I, I, I have watched this happen. I've been teaching, I've been a teaching artist or in the school teaching since I was probably like 23 and I'm 39 now. So I've watched this erosion happen and it is, it, it sickens me. Like it really does, mm. you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm tired of parents complaining. I'm I'm tired of teaching complaint teachers. I'm tired of the administration. I'm tired of the communities that don't have any involvement in the school system complaining. I'm tired of complaining. Yeah. But, you know, and that's why 
this week has been, I'm sitting there, my eye jumping, been, uh, jumping all day. And I'm just trying to like, what, what am I going to do? You know, and this weekend, it's going to be a lot of prayers. Yeah. I don't want to go through another school. Lift it up in prayer. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. We got, we still, we still facing COVID. Then we got monkeypox. How many of these children do you, how many children you know will come through that door with monkeypox? Oh, and wow. COVID. Yeah. Over in the school already, we have just now um, received an alert about COVID, you know, someone being um, infected or whatever. That was the first one this year, but it's already here and they haven't even been in school in the 30 days. With all that being said, Nate, you know, it's tons of challenges. We know that system still has had a lot of issues and concerns. The main point of it is, is just to tell y'all the power of education. I thank you so much, Nate. Don't leave because we got to talk about some other stuff. But I brought him on here just so high. He could give it to y'all, the truth for the truth, and to point out some of these issues that a lot of the teachers, um, a lot of our parents, you know, where we could speak from outside and their side that they're dealing with and they're facing and mm-hmm. let you know the support, the support is definitely needed. Support your own. These are your children. These are your children. Education is knowledge and knowledge is power. Don't leave it all on that system. And get I got more. Training. I can go further. You can't blame them. Oh, I know you can. We got to discuss it definitely some more. In a little while, we're going to go on a break, though. And when we come back, Nate, I want you to be here and talk to me because I got some what in the world talking about a misdelivery, a mishap where some guns was delivered to a school accidentally through FedEx mm-hmm. up here in Pennsylvania. Um, some semi-automatic rifles, right, that, uh, that um, copy the MR. 15 or something from an army body with six of them. But it's no charges being which name, but it was a mess. It was a mess. I also want to talk about Trump and him and his recent little thing from the raid and the fact that he's looking for a lawyer, but everybody is saying no. And I also want to talk about a little bit because we don't have no time. The the um the inquiry that someone sent me in the inbox on um Facebook Messenger about their friends always not showing up for them, but they show up when we show up and show our then. So just want to give us some, some advice on that topic. But don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. We still here. 729. That's my birthday. That's how you always remember. Every Thursday on the You Better Live radio show, where right here, we know and we grow together. It's your news, our views. We going to a break, but don't you break away. Come on right on back. Nate, you stay right here because I need you to talk to. If I can get I one more time, <laughs> talk about the freedom of speech thing, but freedom oh, of speech well. doesn't come with a card. I mean, his whole point of doing this was, you know, to, and basically, I think was in efforts to defend Donald Trump about the freedom of speech thing, but freedom oh, of speech well. doesn't come with a cost. But that's what I was ready to say, though. But he was going to take the free, it being free, the tweeter away. Because I was hearing it through the grapevine that he was going to, you know, close it down on that level. And you had to pay. Yeah, because it's hate. So yeah, it's, count. Well, this is a great question. That was the end of Twitter. I don't know anybody's opinion on this. I don't think I've ever even asked anybody their opinion on this. Is hate speech free speech? No. Right. No, no. And that's. There's, that in many spaces is against the law. You can't mm-hmm. do it. You know, you can you can speak freely, but you also will accept those consequences. Right. Right. 
So you can speak, you can say whatever you want to say. That that in essence is free speech, but you're gonna accept those consequences. If you call somebody a fag or or uh uh in, uh, anything about Jewish right. people, right. you're going you're 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 getting canceled. So right. in some cases it's considered hate speech, which is against the law. So Right. Especially if it's coming off as a threat or you bringing, you know, harm to somebody or yeah. saying something so harmful that's going to cause somebody any type of. But again, harmful. but it, it has to be across the board because who was that? Um, Trump did that to two of the ladies that was. Uh, Hey, 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 what's up, what's up, what's what, what's what? Thank you for hanging out with your girl, Chase Real, the Empress Lady Cake Mix. Definitely another shout out to my boy, Nate, who's on here with me to talk, to talk, to talk. It's a little challenge, y'all, to talk by yourself for two hours, so I need you. I told y'all them phone lines be open, 443-642-9403. Big shout out to everybody in the comments that's giving us all this information where we can, you know, share or making your comments so we can speak and, you know, vice versa, vice versa. But anywho, we talked about the education, the power of education. Don't leave them children stranded out here this school year. School is starting Monday and much respect to all the teachers who are returning full-time, part-time, pearl professional whatever they there for the children but parents we gotta show up we gotta show up we gotta show up and not just dropping them up at them doors okay okay um i want to get into some other little topics just real quick um some what and the what's and like what's going on okay i talked about earlier about how the government visited yesterday and five hundred thousand is going to little italy okay um they're going to use 130 for some tag readers to be able to read your tags when you come through this um, area, 83,000 for the police accessible cameras, 40,000 for the street intersections. They're gonna make them all pretty and such with the little reflectors and stuff. And uh, 250,000 in creating a business improvement district and extending the waterfront partnership to Little to little Italy. Um, but with that being said, it also was announcement that 3.5 billion um, it's coming in uh, um, with the Brandon Mayor. With, uh, nah, y'all know I'll be all tongue time, right? But okay. <laughs> um, it's coming to Baltimore City, an initiative to combat against crime. And it's more of a partnership from our federal um, entities in the world. And basically, Brandon Scott is thinking that, you know, it's never been done like this in this manner. And people don't play with the federal law and the federal police. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, criminals really don't care. Um, but there's a lot <laughs> that's going on with that, y'all. Y'all gotta read into it. We're gonna definitely come on one of my shows to discuss it further. I just was a little like, you know, pushed back because I know back in May, um, it was some controversy going on between El Mayor and the governor where the governor was feeling, what are you doing with your crime plan, um, Mayor Brandon Scott? Um, so a lot of things wasn't 
you know, really out there, wasn't really being known to us. I know one of the big initiatives of the GVRS, one of the programs um, that I was privileged to actually um, initiate um, with my employer um, that I left, which is the good group violence reduction strategy, is already right here in the West Baltimore, the Western District. It's already doing numbers um, in addition to the safe streets and bringing down crime. However, the murder rate um, is already higher this year than it was last year. I mean, like, what's new? Um, so I also heard Brandon Scott making a comment that saying that us, the citizens of Baltimore, are smart enough to know that it's not only the Baltimore Police Department, um, and this thing takes time. It, it takes a progress or whatever else like that. My whole thing is when, 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 Brandon, I mean, him being a native of Baltimore City growing up right there, and Park Heights, he should understand that it needs to happen now. And respectfully, I wrote it for you, brother, because you were saying that you had a crime plan that was going to address it and was going to address it within the two years, the first year of your term. And it did not. It did not. It did not. The murder rates are going up. Um, different things just keep on happening. And um, it's sad. It's sad. Oh. I think the 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 leadership of any place mm -hmm. is a big part of the problem because yeah. there are a lot of red tape and politics that goes into it, and these career politicians that care care more about what they get out of something than what the citizens that uh, put them in them spaces and keep them in them spaces get. Um, I think a big part of his plan was getting control of the police department that's been done so mm. now i think it's not only on his shoulders or the, the city council shoulders but it's on the the shoulders of the citizens we got to stop allowing our city council president to get co uh these photo ops with the celebrities you know you're doing these great things and i i, I just saw um uh carmelo come in and they're they're doing some initiative to uh, fund the athletic programs in the city, but what are you doing beyond that? And that, that's a question that you just asked, but I think the citizens are just as much on the hook um, when this happens. Yeah. You know, when you see something, say something. When yeah. you, you know, if it's in your neighborhood, every single time, if you call every single time there's a problem, they're gonna have to do something. Right. And I need the police show up with the right attitude because this is now happening to me recently. Like someone had wet in my car, I called the police. The police show up and said, "Well, what you nothing I mean, they can do about it." Mm -hmm. What you what you call for? I said, "I understand. I might not get my property back, sir, but I had that same thought um, that you just now shared, Nate. That like I'm on call, so it can at least be reported. You know that this is happening." But like, follow through. See, you know what the white people do. You know why they get so much done because they follow through. So all you got to do is say, so what's your name? Oh, let me see your badge number. Okay. And report them. Okay. We, we don't do that. I'm the person who, if I see something happening, I'm calling. And not only am I going to call and send an email, I'm going to go to their social media page and I'm going to leave a message. Somebody from that organization, even if they don't do anything, they're going to reach out and say something to you. 
And if enough people do that, then change will definitely happen. But we go through bad experiences and just be like, you know what, fuck this. I ain't calling the police no more. No, okay. you're giving, you're letting them off the hook. I'm going to call you every you, time it, that there's a problem. It, it pushed me back a little bit. Like I was like, you know, it discouraged me a little bit. I was like, what's going on? But I certainly should have done that. Look, I might do that now. Thanks for that encouragement. Look back. Yeah, but but we have to do it. That's that's how these white neighborhoods get by and get yeah. through. They follow through. Like it's, that little Italy. I mean, you know, people saying it's not a lot of money. It's only five hundred thousand. But the point is, excuse me, they got it, and it was specifically whatever specific. specifically. <laughs> it was specifically to um to address you know the crime in that area that's recently happening down there. But yeah, but, but again, little Italy. Is right. What is that Latrobe? That's not Latrobe, is it? What's no, the Perkins? Perkins. Perkins. Housing project over there. So, but they're still there. Those people still live there. No, they they actually moved them out. Oh, and they now they're going to reward. They're going to reward them again. now. Yeah. So who's to blame now since those people are moved moved out? Yeah. They gone all this time, but now you get this money to redevelop your community. And I'm not saying they don't deserve it because it's a big tourist uh, destination. But at the same time, are we welcome there? So why is my tax dollars going to help them build their their streets up? Mm, tell me about it. City? And that's the follow through. We don't we hear that and like suck out teeth. And then no, that's when you go to the city council and say no. Well, I live one in this neighborhood, and you bring enough of your neighbors that are voters taxpayers and you come or contribute to it you know even if all y'all renting and even if you don't have a job somebody's paying taxes on that neighborhood yeah so you need to you know you need to show up like show up and i understand people work people got time so you need to start doing you know signing a list and showing them so that person can show up and show that i'm seeing neighbors have signed this petition or, you know, get a, get together with a group where you go this time and I go this time, whether it be to the city council meetings or to the, you know, the school board Zoom meeting or to the schools itself. Like, just team up and, and get yeah. numbers. That's that's what matters. It's not always money, but it's numbers. I see a lot of stuff happening in the city that could, could benefit many people, but we don't show up to it. Mm. We don't. And then we complain about not getting the allocated resources or the attention that we deserve. But what was you doing the day that they was having a meeting? Right. Oh, you also out. seen like in September, it's supposed yeah. to be some supposed to be some concert on War Memorial. I think it was September. Some recent stuff that the mayor just now shouldn't like Babyface coming through. Uh, someone else like this whole concert. I was supposed to be out there. Supposed to be for free. And well, I was that's like. Cute. It's not free. The tax dollars pay for it. That's what I said. I was like, oh, that's cute. I I thought I had wrote down all the people that was coming, but you know, like some real artists, what I was supposed to be like this whole concert out there, what I was like that. And I was saying to myself, really, um, not saying that it's not a good thing, you know, to have events like this in the city and try to bring people together, you know, for good and, you know, have a good time or whatever. But I'm like, out of all. But aren't those things already happening? So how come, how, how about him? share that wealth and put that money that he's giving to babyface who don't live here in baltimore and how about you support the events other than the ceasefire movement uh and get out there and do stuff you yeah. know 
how about you do that? We don't need a we don't need a city hall lawn performance. Right. Performance. There's a legacy fest going on, being sponsored by the Black Arts District this Saturday. There's, yeah. uh, there was just this weekend. It was a vegan fest, and it was some other fest. How about you show your face at those events? Yes, and I also wanted to read a, a rally that's happening too this weekend is the Baltimore Race First Rally on um, 827. That's the guest that I'm going to have next week. It's going to be starting 2 p.m. at La Lafayette Square Park, 1 p.m. Um, Henry Highland Garnet Park, Drew Hill Avenue in Lafayette. Um, they're going to start walking at 1.30. So come on out there, y'all. Um, racefirstmoment at gmail.com if you got any questions about it. But that's one of these prestigious events. Um, that's basically for us. So just learn more about it by first coming out. We're going to have him on the show um, next week. Um, we know everything is going to go well with this event, but so he can just elaborate on what the whole movement and everything is about. But you're absolutely right. Like that money towards this show that they doing down here could have definitely went to something else. It could have went to the school system. It could have went to my school. It could have went to the very... Babyface not the only headliner. I was trying to pull it back up. Over here, and y'all not be trying to do my homework a little bit, but he ain't the only highlight. It was a and couple. I think Babyface is almost twenty five thousand dollars, I believe. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then they gonna have everything else free and all that too. And I think it was a good point to say that you know a lot of them when they get in their government, you know, it would be the politics of it. It's just what they what they going for, and some of them I think be having the right you know, the right thought, the right ambition to do right by us. But once you get into this administration and everybody else in there is falling short where you were supposed to stand up tall for us, it's like they fall right in line. It's and like, it's, and, but right it's, it's us though. It's a change they, in the air if, in having these elections and stuff if the same things are going to exist. But it's, it's the same things, but at the same time, it's us. We do not follow up. You put him in that position. Yeah. Many of you all voted for him. So don't complain. Deal with it the way the rest of us is. You know, and but at the same time, get up and do something. Like that's that's my pull being in the school system because I I don't want to leave it. One, because it doesn't look like the school system that I was a part of. Right. Um, and, and as a student. But at the same time. I just see so many people just milking the system. Mm. Just milking it for every dime it, it has. And then the people that suffer are Where's your the children. money, Baltimore. Where's the money? You should you should <laughs> ask you should ask the people who receiving it. Where's the money? <laughs> Where is the money? The many vendors that get to come into our our system, whether it be school or government, and they get these monies. Being a city contractor is big business, huge business. Yes, it is. The space that I was just at, um, I'm not going to give an address, but the space where I was just at, many, it was so many contractors in the city. And I, I'm not hating on nobody. I think it's room for everybody to be wealthy and to get. But these people are dealing with multi-million dollar contracts. Yes. And it's taking forever to finish things. So that means yeah. more money, more of your money. More our money. More of our money. And talking about mon money, um, you know our guy, our guy, our producer, Monty is posing a question to you. He was saying, how you feel about the student loan debt forgiveness? I feel the same way. A lot way. of people complaining about that too. I think it's worth 
I, I mean, I, I see a lot of people complaining who didn't even go to school um, or don't have- I wish it would have came before because I just finished playing on my And mind you, I don't have no degree yet, but it was a struggle for me to pay off that. And, but I feel like in a lot of people's, to, a lot of people's point, how I personally feel about it, I, I hope my student loans are in that number. Uh, because, uh, you know, make it, uh, and a lot of those decisions were made by me when I was young. You know, I wasn't 17, 18, like most of the students are, but I was definitely, I was 21 when I started college. And that's not that far off from that. And I had to do a lot of it myself, especially coming from a family that don't have a lot of college degrees, you know, and I had to really do college on my own. So I made a lot of financial mistakes in the beginning that had I went to school now, I would not have made because I would have known a little bit more about money and about loans. And a lot of those loans were predatory. It wasn't just the technical schools like they're claiming that were predatory. It was a lot of these financial aid offers that was selling you on the fact of yes. just check down the box because you're going to need it. And a uh, study just came out and said the, the most popular uh, loan that people take out, the, the, uh, the well, the, the Pell Grant, the Pell. the Pell Grant will not pay for your school as, in, in its whole. So you then check all those other boxes and then you wind up getting a rebate check and life can happen to you. Yes. Uh, a lot of students I know and life can happen to you and they get on financial probation and never return. So you're left with all that money. You just took out, you're still on a hook for all that money. Yeah. And they don't, they're not telling you what's the difference between loans. So I really, I think this is something that should have happened. But when you look at those lists of schools that are benefiting from it, most of them aren't HBCUs. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was any HBCUs on the list of schools that were on the first round of, uh, of, of, what you call it? Um, the loan, the loan forgiveness. But I think extending it, stop extending it, because that's like putting a Band-Aid on a problem. Because even if you extend it, most of those people, a lot of those people that are waiting won't be on that list of people. Because even the first time, there are, you had to have a, a, a permanent disability uh, in order to get it, which was crazy. Or you had to go to one of the technical schools that had been closed down or had a lot of lawsuits. They, those are the first people who got the loan forgiveness. So even now, there's, you know, there was a big push before all of this happened to give people who work in public spaces um, loan forgiveness. But you had to pay a certain amount every month, and it just money don't add up that way. But see, now I'm not seeing some things where they're doing it like in, in reference to your income. Um, your yeah, but that's relative. That only relevant to certain institutions right so it was so it was supposed to like certain institutions like if if like if you went to test or not test it was another one it was a, it was schools think, like tests. what is it i mean i know what you're saying like some of those technical schools that they've been pushing our children to go to instead of going to a regular university so mm -hmm. a lot of those schools were they were privately owned uh predatory loans that was happening there where right. they would be promised uh employment or this amount right. of money in a certain 
and they and also said there. a lot of them were gouging yeah. the fees were actually and mm -hmm. you know and knowing that you know the same thing that the landlords do with section eight they'll say the education costs this much just to get this amount of money out of the government and then you don't get anything with the money right you don't yes. get <laughs> It's the same. It's the same system, but I, I I don't like how they're picking and choosing. You know, the government has it to be able to because what would the amount of money that people are owing if you were to wipe that out and and say they have to do something like uh, the 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 original debt relief was you had to work in a public service job. You know, so you that's why you had a lot of people working at social service, social security um the school system you had a lot of people going into these jobs right. thinking that they're long and that started under um obama a lot of people were working and i think some people had worked for but then other people who owed way much like if you owed a hundred thousand dollars i think uh biden is trying to give twenty thousand dollars or something like that yeah person if you owe or if you were a lawyer twenty thousand dollars is like your first year Right. You know, so and it doesn't really saying that I had seen new information that it actually, you know, was speculating or depending on your income. So we're like if your income was this or a certain amount, you could qualify for ten thousand. But then if it was uh I think it was a hundred and twenty-five thousand or more in a family, I definitely gotta go back and get the knowledge, which is the facts. Um yeah. share with y'all next week, then it was like twenty thousand. Um, but yeah, people Baby, look at look at my look at my funding. Lord and do his work, Lord. Ah, do it, do it for him, do it for him. It's, it's just a lot. I, I I really think it will benefit a lot of people who are who could not pay their loans, especially over the pandemic, who could not keep up with the payments. And if yeah. you're you're trying to figure out, and now with everything and it was on a freeze. It was on a freeze. For it's some been time. on a freeze. It's been on. Yeah. It's still it's on a freeze. freeze. Until, I think he said it's going to be over. He's going to lift it. The end of this December, year, December the thirty first yeah. is what lift. they've extended it to. But even then, he's going to figure out a way to extend it further. Stop people are bleeding here and, mm. and school loans like um well hospital loans aren't as impactful because of the HIPAA laws but I mean just like the Capital One card that everybody got at a certain point you know it is it's hurtful to know that you put that time in and many of those people who owe that money don't even have the degree mm. and and a lot of these schools really that got over a lot of these schools really got over with students knowing that they didn't know and they was just checking off so they can get their rebate checks. That's why they and got they me. Know. But those are some of the things that people say the school system should be teaching them. But like they don't. They don't and as somebody and you sit in the financial aid office, they don't say you shouldn't take out all this money. They yeah, encourage they you to check all the boxes, get all the money you can get. Right. And they don't tell you what what loans are you have to start paying right away they don't tell you the loans that start the day after you matriculate oh. they don't tell you about deferment they oh. don't they don't tell you all these things that are important and they worries you about that money they do worries you about that money that money that money i swear they used to call me i swear four or five times a day a day a day a day it was through sally may and then it switched over to the navy 
I think I was going to the University of Phoenix and how they sold me was the online concept. Cause at that time, you know, I had children. I just was extremely busy. I was like, oh yeah, I can take me some classes online. But little did I know, honey, they expected more. I was like, guess what? I could have took my time and went into the classroom because this online is something else. But that's what they're selling to our children. These quick ways of getting a degree or getting a, a service under or certificate, they're they're tricking our children. And I'm I'm not saying that everybody should go and get a degree, but you need to give yourself time. I would the the time that it took me, you know, even you know, not coming right out of high school, I still stumbled a little bit. I thought I wanted to be a teacher, then I want a, a nurse, and then I wanted to be a teacher and then I ended up being an artist, but it, it just, you need to be smart about it. Yeah. And a lot of people- If I can give you any encouragement, make sure that you do something and do something that you love. But but just go and, and just do your research because a lot of these, especially from our communities, are first, second generation and or don't have anybody, maybe like a distant cousin or aunt or something that went to college, but many of them don't. And many of them don't even have the information that they need in order to go and they're just throwing money at them and them not realizing a lot of that money isn't a Pell Grant, it's a loan. Mm. And, and you see it, but in the moment you just like, I just want to get my rebate check so I can get some. Oh, that's how much I get left over? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just give me that. I mean, my thought was every time I got the rebate check, I was saying, oh, I'm going to send it back. But lo and behold, every time that check came, just like you said, life be happening and life yeah. be life. And guess what? I always found something. <laughs> I, I always put, my, I always put myself up on my bills. Like, I always pay yeah. my bills in advance with my my uh rebate check yeah i should have saved some of them oh we would have known any better right <laughs> yeah but by the time i was getting the grants because at first i had to pay for school but then when they when i got of age and i didn't need my mother's information anymore mm -hmm. I, I was getting the grants so it was just right. on me but at the same time it was just you know there and there are plenty of places that help you to get into school but very few of those places actually teaches you the financial literacy that you need, especially for our young black men. Yes. Women normally figure out something for the most part, but our young black men are not matriculating as much because they're having to choose between life and going to class. And that's just, we're non-traditional by, by nature. That's what it gives. Because we don't have a lot of foundation. We don't have a lot of people in our family. Like, I didn't have anybody in my family to help me fill out my paperwork. A lady at the Maryland High Education Board helped me fill out my papers to get into school. So, you know, a lot of us, we got to start sacrificing and figuring these things out for our children who we want to do better. You know, and now there's so many programs to get them into school that where the parent don't even have to do anything. But you need to be figuring out, well, financially, no, you should not go away to school for your first year. Stay home, maybe go to a community college. You can always transfer up. Yeah. You know, but just start. It's other avenues, right? It's other avenues. It's yeah. definitely, definitely other avenues. Well, in the last 10 minutes of the show, we got to squeeze some stuff in, Nate. We got to squeeze it in. I wanted to give that information that I was talking about, the what and the what. 
as I reported up in Pennsylvania, yeah, right in Pennsylvania, accidentally last week. Um, and this package sat on the steps over the weekend up at the school. A FedEx driver misread the address and delivered some guns to the school. So the package was left on the school steps. Teachers initially thought that it was some books or something with the school year ready to begin. But when they opened it, what do you know? It was six guns. Now, some other sources that came out tried to be messy, saying that it was 30. But it has been confirmed that it was only six. But the type of guns, right? And uh, it posed to been, well, it posed to been delivered to a gun collector who works around the corner on the same street of 9th Street up here in Philly. Um, and it posed to been sent to him, but it was six guns and they were like anti-semi-automatics, right? Um, they modeled the military M14 rifle. So it was 30 caliber M1 rifles um, style weapon. Um, and they were left at the school over the weekend. Of course, this um, caused major concern um, with the families and everyone around saying there's already too much crime over there. How can something happen? Um, but the driver, um, reportedly by the principal, was very apologetic, very professional. Um, it definitely was an honest mistake. No charges are going to be brought about on the driver or the individual who ordered the guns because he's a gun collector. Um, <laughs> and so there's no charges going to be filed. But it just was real puzzling to me. I was like, what? I didn't know that you could get guns delivered to you. Yes, guns delivered. He's supposed to be a collector. So it came from um a place that sells guns and they yeah they were delivering them six assault rifles though six assault how did that rifles. even get through was how that, what was the mailing system that was that the postal service fedex fedex but don't they scan it was fedex um accordingly but fedex uh, of all places you gotta get your you gotta give a damn id before you can even ship something through them maybe According to the sources, they were purchasing, they were purchased legally and they were to be shipped to him through FedEx. However, the, the driver, he misread the address, both of them being on West 9th Street up in here in this community, but he left them. So when he went to deliver them, no one was at the school. He left them on the on the bay in the back of the school. Could you imagine? Someone else, as much as people be stealing these packages yes. <laughs> and stealing packages, so it definitely could have went a whole nother way. Um, mm -hmm. However, it's also being reported that when the when the driver went back to get them and being apologetic and basically, you know, was confirmed it was an honest mistake that they did not give them back to him because <laughs> the protocol and the procedure is that any guns fell on school property are to be returned. Yeah. Yeah. So they were confiscated. They were taken by the police. Um, an investigation was launched and the guy who did order them purchased them legally. He is um, reported that he is a gun collector, but I'm like, even them being a collector, six, so it just was a little bit questionable to me. <laughs> I, I, still, I guess it's Pennsylvania and they have a lot of laws that a lot of other places don't have, but right. I still am dumbfounded by the fact that you can um you can ship guns. Yeah. I never thought you could I thought you had to always buy them in person. I was I was uh, I was amazed too. That's why I wanted to bring it on the thing because I was like, what in the what? Six assault rifles dropped off accidentally up here at this 
school. Oh my goodness. And so on each one of the guns usually retailed, he said from $1,700 to $2,400. And it was up here in Pennsylvania at a Penn High School in Chester, um, located on West 9th Street. So yeah, if someone would have got their hands on them. And see, that just shows you how these uh, places are like, I, I know a lot of them are doing the contactless deliveries now, but that's how a lot of people's stuff has been stolen. Yeah. And I know it's, it's, I know a lot of people, because I complain when they and don't leave, leave my them. stuff. And to leave them but, on them steps. But a lot of, on Amazon is the only company that will call you. Other than these delivery, these same day delivery places. Yeah, I've been doing. They're the only ones that will call myself <laughs> for some or whatever. I mean, I like it, but you know, they send you up. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm getting a little hanging on around to know what to stop or whatever. But I just had to speak on that because I'm like, oh my goodness, like the mishaps to that. Could you imagine something like that happening in Baltimore? I'm sure it happens all the time, and mm -hmm. someone is just not making, especially that you pound out the fact that I even didn't even know that guns could just be shipped to a person like that. Like if I'm- yeah, I didn't know if that was a, I guess it's Pennsylvania though. They have a lot of looser laws. Wow. Wow. A lot of other places. Yeah, definitely loose. I also wanted to come back on the comment and they said, oh, well, Monty was saying, that's not true. Murder rate is actually going down. It is. Thank you. I told you. I don't know what I would do without you, Monty. Shout out to the producer of the show. It is actually down this year. Y'all know my tongue be going and going, but y'all sure about to live because I'm always living on here. Down and down, y'all. It's the last, what, four minutes. I gotta give this girl some advice because she is like one of the only ones who reached out to me in my inbox. And basically what she was saying is that she's always showing out and showing up for her friends, but they never show up for her. Mm. Mm. That's so many people's story. I know we could have talked two hours about this, but Nate, do you got any advice for the sister? If she's, if she's, if she's- It's time for you to, it's, it's time for you to expand your reach. Um, and one of the one of the worst things that first time business owners or artists or whatever, and one of the biggest mistakes that they make is overusing their friends and family circles. You have to reach out beyond your friends and family because at some point, on one side, your friends and family are going to get tired of of always getting the invite, but at the same time, you know. You you have to just reach outside of that. But at, on the other side of that, people don't people are waiting for you to succeed, and mm -hmm. then they go jump when on. It's board. popular, yeah. yeah. So when it's popular when it's expand popular. Expand your reach. Go outside of your comfort zone and start talking and networking with people outside of your space. That's a lot of people were mad at me because I didn't tell them that I was in Fashion Week, but. Again, you don't come to anything else. Why would I expect you to come to Fashion Week? So, you know, but again, reach out. And everything as it isn't always hateful. And even the people that's waiting for you to succeed, they want you to succeed. Yeah. They just, they don't want to be a part of the work process of it. Of, okay. Of, of showing up and filling up the seats so other people can see. But, you know, just, just start reaching out. Reaching out beyond your circle. Start networking outside of your spaces. Because... That's where your true um, your your true audience is going to lie. They say it uh, a stranger will become a fan faster than a, a family member will become a supporter. So just just reach outside of your norm. 
Yes, reach outside of your norm, sis, and love who loves you. I mean, like they said, all of that stuff. I'm taking personal. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, guess what? I'm living for it. <laughs> I'm living for it. But anyhow, I hope that little tip helped you. Keep bringing them to me in the inbox. We ready to get off of here, y'all. But you know, keep coming through and talk to me because I really love talking to you. Love who loves you. God loves you. God bless you. I'm back here every Thursday, 7 to 9, right here on Big Exposed Radio, Big Exposed Media. You already know. How it go, Nate? I want you to say it for me. Hey, what? Hey, what? Say what? What's up? What's up? <laughs> you better leave. Better leave. Nate, thank you again. Thank you.